okay? Well, good morning. I'm Clara. I'm so glad that you're here with me and the family enjoying fun times of memory making and remembering Jesus. Now, if any of you have been to my house at Christmas time, you will realize that I'm very serious about Christmas. I have Christmas lights, Christmas trees, wreaths, decorations. I do a lot of preparing and planning for the coming of Christmas for my family and my friends. Now, if you've ever read the biblical version of the Christmas story, you realize that there's clearly a lot of work being done behind the scenes. The Trinity, Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit for a long, long time before the creation of the world were figuring out the coming of his son to save his people. And one of the means of communication that he wanted to use was not Twitter or Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. He decided to use extraordinary beings called angels to do some of the communication that was going to need to be done to major characters of the Christmas drama. So the angel spoke to Zachariah, telling him, Hey, your wife is super old, is going to have a baby, and this baby's going to be really important. His name's going to be John the Baptist, and he's going to prepare the way, the final portion of that preparation for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. And then an angel comes to Mary and tells Mary, you're it. You are found favor with God, and you're going to have a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit. And this baby is the one we've all been awaiting for, the Messiah that was saved God's people. And then he comes to Joseph, because Joseph's not too keen on the idea of his betrothed being pregnant when he knew he wasn't the one that had done it. And so he was going to, you know, quietly say nothing about it so she wouldn't get stoned by rocks. And so then an angel comes to him in a dream and tells him, no, Joseph, this is the real deal. God's been doing this. He's been preparing the way for the coming Messiah. And then an angel comes a lot of angels, I mean a lot of angels, come to the shepherds to tell them about Jesus. And then they come to magis, and they tell them in the dream, hey, don't go back to Herod telling him where baby Jesus is. We want you to go another route so that he would be spared from death. And then angels come to Joseph again in a dream, telling him, it's time that you leave quickly Bethlehem. And then from Egypt, he tells them again in another dream, come back to Nazareth. So there's a lot of extraordinary visitations and communications going on, nothing like anything we've experienced in our lives unless we've been visited by angels. Definitely trumps any other kind of communications that we've been able to manipulate uh, through electronics. But I've often wondered why not just one, but a whole host of angels showed up to shepherds. I mean, really. Why that people group? Why didn't he show up to the priest in the temple? I mean, they had read about the coming of the Messiah, and they were expectant. Why didn't he show up there? And why didn't he show up at Herod's house during a party? That party would have livened up the party quite a bit. Or why didn't he decide to show up during a battle among soldiers? Maybe the angels would have stopped the war. We don't really know, so let's just think about a few things about the shepherds. We know that shepherds were lowly people. They were the outcasts. They weren't too smart. They weren't too rich. They weren't too clean. And, you know, we know they were outcasts because when the Israelites had to live in Egypt, they made them live outside of the city 
because they were low folk, second class, low class folks. Sheep herders were low class, probably for a lot of obvious reasons. They would kind of be like a contemporary street person. There were nomads, had no home, lived, in, lived uh, in the elements of the weather, on the ground. They didn't possess lands. Their only earthly possession were stinky animals. They didn't take baths too often. They dressed poorly. They probably didn't smell all that great. So why would it be so important for angels to make their presentation to poor shepherds because they were simple, ordinary, common folk. And God wanted to make sure everybody was included. And that gives us hope, because sometimes we do feel like an outcast. We feel abandoned. We're still single. We're feeling unloved, unconnected, poor, and quite invisible at times. So God makes sure no one's excluded from his family or the experience of God's extravagant love. No one's too far gone to be loved by God. I just want to talk a little bit more about the shepherds because what they did for a living, for a living they took care of flocks of lambs, sometimes goats, but primarily lambs. And they loved their flock. They were willing to do anything to protect them. They would risk their lives by warding off wolves or jackals or any other kind of predators. They were willing to lay down their life for the sheep because they loved the flock. A good shepherd does this kind of thing. Now once a year, the shepherds knew around Passover time that they needed to watch particularly at what lambs got born and look at them because they knew a year from now they would be offering the Paschal lamb for the Passover. And so they would look as the sheep were being born and say, ah, this one, wrap this one up, it's perfect. In a year from now, he'll be ready. And they would wrap that lamb and watch it particularly carefully to make sure it grew without disease or blemish so that it would be acceptable for the Passover meal. And what they did on the 10th day of Passover celebrations, they would take the lamb that they had chosen and bring it inside their house. And they would have it be a part of their home life and they would wash it and clean it and Finally, pay attention. Are there any diseases, any burrs, anything that needs to be removed before we bring it to the temple? And you know, kids and animals, especially when they end up sleeping with you, become very bonded to you. I have friends who have lost pets this year and are grieving over their pets. So just imagine this lamb becoming part of your family and knowing that in just four days it would be taken to the temple to be slaughtered. Now, some things about this lamb that you need to know is, one, it had to be a year long, year old, not too old, not too young, just perfect. And it needed to be without blemish, no disease, no broken bone. And you think about it, when Jesus was on the cross, one of the things that soldiers would do out of mercy is break the legs of those who were being crucified so they could die faster. They would suffocate a lot faster when their legs were broken because they couldn't hold themselves up. And they broke the legs of the two thieves on the, each side of Jesus. When they came to Jesus, he had already died. So none of his bones were broken, as was customary for crucifixion. 
which is part of the prophetic word that says that he would be without a broken bone. In 1 Peter 1.19 it says, with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And John 1.29 says, when John saw Jesus coming to him before he went to be baptized, he said, John said, Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So when the Passover came, they would bring the Lamb to the temple, and it would be examined again by the temple leaders and the priests to make sure that this was an acceptable, perfect sacrifice. Now, a lamb is weak and mild and meek, which points to the willingness of Jesus to submit to this kind of end. Even the prophecies talked about Christ as the lamb being slain for his people. He was willing to come as a baby, even though he had fashioned and created millions of babies. He was willing to come and give up all his rights and all his power and all his reputation as king of king and lord of lords in order to become an innocent, vulnerable baby. And then she wrapped him up and laid him on the manger. Now the prophets talk about the Christ in Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers in silence. So he opened not his mouth. So Jesus was willing to do that for us, come as a vulnerable baby, and eventually be wrapped in burial clothes. He came as a baby, died like a lamb, he rose like a king for us. So this Christmas, when you look at the nativity set, and you see a baby lying in the manger, all wrapped up. Remember who he is and why he came, like the Passover lamb, to live a perfect life in exchange for our lives. And then he died on the cross for us, and eventually on the third day, took off the wrappings and rose from the dead. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, nor from aimless conduct received by tradition form your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 